Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say it out loud what he's done for others. He'll do for me. And greater things than these shall we see. Now, I feel like some people watching by internet didn't say it. You just sat there and watched us. So we're going to give you another opportunity. Everybody on this side of the camera and that side, everybody said out loud what he's done for others. He will do for me. Now, what kind of things do we just hear that he did for others? Huh? Do you believe it? Glory to God. (laughs) And say it out loud. And greater things than these. Shall we see. All the glory. All the glory. All the glory. Be to our good God. Hallelujah. Father we do thank you. We rejoice with our brothers and sisters. In the blessings that you have bestowed on them and brought into their life and things you've done for them and thank you thank you thank you we give you all the credit we give you all the glory in jesus name amen praise the lord you can be seated thanks be unto god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ Thank you, Lord. Would you go please to Luke, the sixth chapter? Luke chapter six. It's offering time, sowing time, or tithing time. And on Friday nights, we've been uh, talking about seed. I tell you what, our kids and young people are getting hold of this. They are getting it, they are living it. They are seeing it, man. You know, Phyllis is just able to share just, just a few with you every week. But, boy, these, uh, these kids don't doubt it. They just do it. Uh, Luke 6, we've been talking about seed on Friday night. And we've been talking about tithe on Sunday. Luke 6 and verse 27. Jesus is speaking. Can you build your life on these words? Yes, Yes, you can. Jesus said, I say to you, which hear, love your enemies. Does that mean have wonderful feelings for them all night and all day? See, people miss it by that. They They think love is a feeling. And it's not surprising because of the way you hear everybody talk. You know, I... I love pizza, I love apple pie, I love my car, I love my dog, I love, you know, flowers. Uh, and, and so many times people are talking about how something makes them feel. No, no. Love, God is love. And living in love is acting. Love acts. Love your enemies. Now what's the very next phrase say? Do good to them. That's, that's how you love them. Oh, come on. Did you get that now? I'm going to go over that real slow. He said, love your enemies. Then what did he say? I mean, not, it's not even the end of the sentence. It's just a pause there. 
Love your enemies. How are you going to do that? Do good to them. Now, that's not what your flesh wants to do. <laughs> huh? What, what's the nature of the flesh? They slap you. <laughs> what comes across your mind and your face? Well, you want to slap them back harder. They hurt you. What does your flesh want to do? Hurt them more. That's the nature of every sinner. That's the nature of your flesh. Our flesh didn't get born again. When our spirit did. You still got the same flesh you had the day before you got saved. And if you let it, it will do the same things it did before it got saved. If you let it. So that's what Paul said. I mean, how many believe Paul's a spiritual man? Well, you know he, he was and is. And yet he says, I keep under my body. I bring it into subject. He didn't say, I put it under one time and that was it. No, I keep it. He had to keep it under every day and every night. I had to keep it under control. Why? Lest after I've preached to other people, I myself should be a reject and a castaway. So your flesh has all kind of feelings. But love, even your enemies, do good to them. People that hate you, do good to them. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Unto him that smites you on the one cheek, offer the other. Him that takes away your cloak, forbid not to take your coat also. Give to every man. Now what's the phrase say? Give. Give. He said do good up in verse 27. Give to every man that asketh of thee and of him that ask, that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Now you can see in this that goods, stuff, is not the highest priority to a person, a man, a woman who lives like this. Well, they took my cloak. So? Oh, can you see this now? Yes. Yes. Not I'm going to take you to court. I'm going to sue you if it takes every dime I got. You ain't going to treat me like that. You're not going to get away with stealing my stuff. Can you see that the stuff is not important to a person that lives like this? So what? Well, they took my coat. You want the hat that goes with it? Huh? But see, that's not how your flesh would want to react. Now keep reading. He said, for if you love them that love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. If you do good to them that do good to you, what thank have you? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. He's talking about something beyond what unsaved people do. He's talking about a way of thinking that unsaved people don't think at all. They would never do this. Why don't people give? What would you think is one of the biggest reasons why most people, I'm talking about globally, don't give? Selfishness. That's it. It's really very, very simple. Why wouldn't you give this, whatever it is, your, your uh, money, 
your coat, your dress, your ring, your chair, why wouldn't you give it to somebody else? Because you want to keep it for you. Right? And that, my friends, is the number one reason why people don't give. Because they want to keep it for themselves. Well, here he's talking about doing things for people of whom you've got no reason to expect that you're going to get anything back from them. So you're, you're not counting on getting anything back from them. But he goes on to say, verse 36, be merciful as your father is merciful. Judge not and you'll not be judged. Condemn not and you'll not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Does this sound like whatever you put out is what's coming back? Is this sowing and reaping? Now, is there a lot more to seed than things and money? Is the way you treat somebody a seed? If you want people to be faithful to you, you must sow faithful seed. You must be faithful to somebody else. I I never forget when Phyllis and I first started in this ministry. The Lord began to deal with me about things to do. It cost a lot of money. We didn't have it. How are you going to do it? And the Lord dealt with me. He said, you're going to have to have partners, many, many partners to hook together with you to do what I'm calling you to do. And I'm calling them to do it with you. He said, so the first order of business is for you and Phyllis to be good partners. Did you hear that now? Be good partners. Increase your partnership. Sow more into more ministries, different ministries. Increase and be faithful. Even if it's $5, if it's 10 it's there every month. It's there on time. They can count on you. Be a good partner. That's your foundation. Then claim partners. Do you have a right to claim something if you're doing it yourself? If you're sowing it yourself? You have a right to expect a harvest if you planted some seed. Yeah. What if you didn't plant any seed? But why won't anybody stick with me? Why won't anybody be a real friend to me? Why won't everybody let me down? Why won't people help me? Who do you help? Have you been a faithful helper? <laughs> it got too quiet on that. Did you? See how it's got... We lost momentum there. (laughs) Are we still talking about seed? Are we still talking about sowing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, money and things, tip of the iceberg. It's just a way of living. And he goes on to say, verse 38. Do you see it? What does it say? Give, and it shall be given to you. And I've had people more than once say, well, that ain't got nothing to do with money. That whole passage got nothing but, says who? Well, you're just adding to that. Well, are you taking from? Because <laughs> when he said give and it'll be given, he didn't put a blank in there. He mentioned a bunch of things, didn't he? He mentioned, you know, uh, being merciful and, and not judging and not condemning. And here he opens it up to the whole realm of sowing and reaping. Give. 
Does it include money? Absolutely, I believe it does. And things and friendship and faithfulness and service. It's as big as the statement. Give. Give what? Anything. Everything. Give. And what will happen? It will be given back to you. Good measure. But it won't just come back the way you sowed it. It will come back good measure and then what? Press down and then? Shaken together and then? Oh, this is multiplication. This is 30. This is 60. This is 100 fold. 300 fold. 1,000 fold. 10 fold. 3 fold. <laughs> it is. It's, it's all those things. And everything in between. But you reap what you sow. Is it true? <clears throat> I may have studied too long today. I got, I got four sermons running in me at once. Here. Oh, Lord, help us. <clears throat> uh, go to James, please. James, please. And uh, I believe it's the fifth chapter. Somebody say sowing, sowing. And, reaping. and reaping. I believe in it. Believe in it. It's, how it's how I live. It's how I live. In, in James 5 and 1, go to now, you rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Now, you'll find that this passage is talking about ungodly rich. The Bible talks about ungodly rich, and the Bible talks about righteous rich. These are the ungodly. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered. And the rust of them shall be a witness against you. And will eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. And went on to talk about how they had uh, hurt people in business deals. And taken advantage of people. And not paid them what they owed them. This is talking about ungodly people. Who have means and substance. But I just want you to notice one thing. And he said the rust of the stuff you kept. Is going to be a witness against you. Everybody say rust. Why does something rust? Because it just sits there. In storage. Nobody's using it. Nobody's getting any good out of it. Are y'all with me? Why would somebody pile up stuff and just pile it up and pile it up and pile it up clothes and machines and just let them sit there in the closet and get moth-eaten and rot? Or just let it sit out there and rust? Why? 
saving it for their self for the last days, for later on. Friends, let's not have any of this apply to us. None. Life is short. I'm telling you, it's short. And the more I learn about it, the more it it bothers me if I have a lot of stuff that I go month after month and I'm not using it. Did you hear me? And it's just getting old. Are y'all with me tonight or not? And somebody might really enjoy it. You know, the, the old phrase, the slogan, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Well, if it's trash, you ought not sow it. You ought to put it in the trash. But there is a truth to that. What, what are they talking about? There are some things that you may be used to and you've, you've had them. You've had 12 of them over the last 10 years. But there are people that never had one. Did you hear me? And they would be so blessed. And they would enjoy it. It would be a treasure to them. To you, you don't even notice it. And again, there are some things that are a treasure to you. But the Lord will do with you to sow that too. But you and I... And this whole church and the people that are on the, you know, all over the country, e-members uh, as well, we're coming into a new level. The, the word that God has put into us over the last uh, three and four years is beginning to bear fruit. Are you with me now? And you and I are coming up into a greater level of prosperity. And so our stewardship is becoming increasingly important. A lot of folks just hardly have had anything to be a steward of. They didn't think. But now we're going to have more and more. Remember how short life is. And don't let money just sit. Did you hear me? Don't let money just sit year after year, year after year, and not do anything for the kingdom of God. Saving it for security for the last days. You don't even know you're going to be around then. You don't know the Lord's going to tarry is coming that long. Now, I'm not talking about doing something rash and foolish. Be led. But don't just stockpile stuff and let it rust and, 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 and let the moths eat it and, and let it decay and wear out. It's getting older every month. Right? It's getting older every year. If you're not using it, if you're not going to use it, look around. Be open. Right? Be ready for the Lord to use you to sow and to invest. Hallelujah. That's the first part of the offering (laughs) message. (laughs) Part two. And I'm glad you're laughing because it's serious. Part two is serious. Go to Acts, please. (laughs) Glory be to God. 
Say it out loud. No rust. No moth-eating stuff. No spider webs. Going to testify against me. I will be wise. With all my seed. And I'll use it the best way. We'll recognize, you know, what seed and when to sow it and how to sow it and to just let stuff rust and wear out and get old and nobody get any good out of it. Uh, Acts 13. This came up in my heart pretty strong today. And I know the Lord knows and there are reasons for it. But there's some things I feel I should say. Acts 13 and 44. Paul and Barnabas came to a city and they spoke the word of God. And the people were pretty receptive. They had pretty good reception. And this particular group especially wanted them to come back the next Sabbath and preach to them again about this. And they had no strong opposition that's been mentioned until verse 44. So the next Sabbath came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. And when the Jews saw the multitudes, the big crowds, they were what? They were what? With what? Envy. Envy. And as a result of it, they spoke against the things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Now, they called it doctrinal debate. They said, we don't agree with that doctrine. We don't agree with that teaching. We don't agree with those ministries. Paul and Barnabas' ministry. Was that really the truth? That they, they really were at odds with them and disagreement about the teaching and the doctrine. Was that really the issue? The Bible tells you what the issue was. What was the issue? Their crowds were bigger than theirs had ever been. And this is their city. Hmm? And envy is just chewing on them. Just came up in them. And so they, in bitterness, they spoke against what Paul was preaching. And they contradicted it. And they fought against it. And they blasphemed. And when Paul and Barnabas, then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold. And it wasn't just Paul and Barnabas. The Holy Ghost came on them. Hmm? And they said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Oh, man. What happened to these people just now? 
They just got passed over. They just, God was doing something in their city. Wasn't he? And I mean, God, when, when the, almost the whole city comes out to a meeting, it ain't just about a personality. Right? God is doing something. God is moving. And they said, okay. The Lord directed us to come to you first. And it was right to come to you first. But now you have put this from you and you have judged yourself unworthy of it. Now we are turning to the Gentiles. What does that mean? You're going to get left out. You're going to miss this move of God in your city. You're going to miss it. This came up in my spirit today. I wrote it down. Warning. 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 There are some people that are judging and mocking and fault-finding. And it's in the area of others' blessings and others' success and others' prosperity. Let me see if I can express some of this properly. People don't call themselves judging. Oh, but they are. They say things like, what do they need that for? What do they need? They don't. That's just extravagance. That's just excess. That's just waste. Have you ever heard that kind of talk in the Bible? That's just waste. Hmm? Have you ever heard that kind of talk? Who said it? Turn, read it. Matthew 26. Now, I know a lot of you do not feel like this. You don't think like this. But there are some folk, obviously, that the Lord is endeavoring to help. And don't. I, I didn't receive any ugly grams this week or last week that I know of. And, you know, that, that's not where this is coming from. Strictly because it came up in my spirit. And not to try to correct somebody. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss out on what you could have, what you could be a part of. But here's the problem. Uh, another uh, translation of that scripture said, you're, you're going to Matthew 26, but let me read this to you from, from Acts. It said, since you reject this and you do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. Now we go to the Gentiles. When you judge somebody's blessing or success, you judged yourself unworthy of it when you say I just can't stand that why do you know why do they think they're supposed to have that big old house why do they think they need that big old car and all that they don't need all that 
What they're saying is, I don't have all that. And I can get by without it just fine. And what they're saying is, I am the standard for faith and vision. That everybody should be measured against. Oh. And the reason why the envy is there is because a person has come face to face with somebody that's got more faith than they do and got more vision than they do and knows some things about God they don't know. And instead of admitting it and humbling themselves and saying, I could have been wrong about some things, help me out, show me, teach me, instead of doing that. They're going to harden their heart and stiffen their neck and find fault and judge and talk against. What about those that hardened themselves and stiffen their neck? What did the Bible say would happen? Destruction. Without remedy. No fixing it. That's why we're talking. And I, I suppose some people are not in the room that are watching this right now, or you'll watch it later on download, or by whatever means. But you've been talking. You've been fault-finding. Oh, they don't need that. I don't go for all that. That's just extravagant. That's just waste. Well, read Matthew 26. Matthew 26. And verse 9. Hear these words. This ointment could have been sold for much and given to the poor. Now that sounds holy, don't it? This money could have went into feeding hungry children. All that money, all that money y'all spend on that house, all that money y'all spend on that decoration, all that money y'all spend on that airplane, it could have been sent to the missionaries. It could have fed the poor. And after all, that's the main thing Christians are supposed to do, is feed the poor. Said who? People, people widely believe these things. Was that Jesus' main ministry? Was feeding the poor? Was it? Is the Great Commission to go into all the world and feed the poor? No. No. But see, we got millions of people that want to degrade us from the spiritual ministry that's supposed to be first. And relegate us only to a natural help. Yeah, if you love God and you love people, you're going to want to help people. And do some natural things for them. 
But what has a man gained if he's fed every day of his life and he loses his soul? That's way down the list. As important as it seems, and I know when you're hungry, it seems important to you. I know it. But it's not as important as you going to heaven or hell. Jesus understood it, what they said. He said, why are you troubling this woman? She has wrought a good work on me. The poor you have always with you. Another said, and you can do for him anytime you want to. Why has that got to conflict with this? Are you listening? Can y'all help me with this? I don't know why I need to be on this like this, but I feel like I do. Can you help me with it? Can you bear with me a little bit on this? Do you believe this is an issue? Oh. And see, the Lord is not, we're not just dealing with tonight. We're dealing with the future. The Lord knows what's coming up. And there's some people that have been talking. They've been running their mouth. And there may be some things coming up in the future. And people tempted and running their mouth. I'm not afraid about what's going to happen to me. Because I ain't judging nobody else's blessing. I got better sense than that. And if somebody's doing bigger than better and better than me, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. (laughs) And I want them to tell me how you're doing it. Right? I want to learn. I want to grow. Hmm? (laughs) Well, they paid $150,000 for that car. And there just ain't no sense in that. You're measuring the whole world by your faith and your vision. Are you really the standard that the whole church is supposed to operate by? Or do you reckon, just reckon, that somebody might have faith beyond yours and vision beyond you? Is it possible? Well, they ought, to, they ought to sell that and put that in the ministry. They could get by with less. So could you. You could sell your little used car and ride a bicycle and you could put that in the ministry. You could send it to missionaries all over the world. You could sell your little apartment or, or, or in the lease and live in a tent and send that money. Why don't you do it? See, people who say stuff like that are hypocrites. They do not do what they say other people should do. They're hypocrites. They're judges. They're fault finders. Hmm. Well, do you need that? Y'all don't need that. What do you need that for? Is that the criteria that God has set up for us? That we can receive it according to how much we need it. And if you don't really need it, then it's not God's will for you to have it. Millions of Christians believe that. Hmm? What does the Bible say? According to your need? So be it to you what? According to your faith. 
When we sowed, me, you, Phyllis, all of us, we sowed a jet aircraft a while back. Didn't we? How many got seed in there? You, you sowed a jet. We did not go looking for the people who needed it the most. We did not go looking for the people who needed it the most. How does God meet people's needs? Does he meet the world's needs according to who needs it the most? Who is in the worst need? Is that how he prioritizes his miracles and what he does for people and how he moves for people? The people who need it the most? No. No. There are people in desperate need on this planet tonight. Desperate. And God is doing miracles for people that are rich. And some people in desperate needs are not getting their needs met. Is that fair? Is God fair? Yes, He is. Who's your example in what you should do with your seed? Is there a better example than God? No. Who does God do things for? People that believe Him and obey Him. Need has little to do with it. I said need has little to do with it. And yet that's what the church has been taught for centuries. Oh, well, we might not really need that. You know, the Lord knows what we need. And I just believe he'll send what we need. And if it didn't work, well, I guess we really didn't need that. Where are you getting all these scriptures about this? I know of not one place where it says according to the need. Not one. But people have been religiously brainwashed. Instead of New Testament taught. Hmm? <laughs> huh? Don't miss out. Don't miss out on this move. Don't miss out on these blessings. Don't miss out. How would you miss out? Judging others. Talking about others' blessings. That's extravagant. That's excess. Well, what if it is? What if it is? What is it to you? What if they are absolutely bad stewards with their resources and they're doing the wrong thing with it? What is it to you? Go to Romans, please. 14th chapter. Well, couldn't you get by with less? Absolutely. Did for years. <laughs> couldn't you get by with a cheaper car? I did. 
Couldn't you get by with a smaller house? I did. Couldn't you get by without that airplane? I did. We've done it for years. Got by without it. Is, is it really the objective to see what we can do without? <laughs> is that the mark of real spirituality? Is that the thing that causes God to look at you and go, man, you really doing without, boy? Because without doing without, it's impossible to please the Lord. Of course, you know, the big rewards are going to the people that did without. Where's that at in the Bible? Then why do so many people believe that? Millions of Christians believe that there's this great merit in doing without. That it shows your humility. It shows your sacrifice. Now there are times... When the Lord will deal with you. We've done it. This church has done it. You've done, you, you know if you've been around here any length of time. There's times we've taken what we thought we wanted and we sold it to somebody else. And you might have had to do without that particular thing for a while. While you stood and believed. And there will be times you'll do things like that. But the scripture says pe- people imply well, you, ought to, you ought to sell that and you ought to give it all away. Well where do you stop? Where do you stop? Just short of starving to death? You see the confusion, the the ignorance, the hypocrisy? Well, your car is too expensive. Well, what kind do you want me to drive? Obviously, you're convinced that this one is too nice for me. What kind do you want me to drive? Well, they don't want to tell you that. Does it matter what I've sown in my life? Would you even know what I've sown? Or anybody know what you've sown? Well, how can they judge your harvest and they don't know you're sowing? That's why the Lord commanded us not to judge. We're not qualified. We don't know a person's past 20 years morning and night and where they obeyed God and where they didn't and what they sowed and what they believed for and their vision and their heart. No, we don't know that. So how are we going to judge it? Only illegitimately. Hallelujah. Where are you? Romans 14, read this. You guys okay up there? Hmm? We're all standing up. Y'all are sitting down. I guess if I can stand up, y'all can stand up, I guess. Uh, Romans 14. And 
3. Well, verse 1. Him that is weak in the faith, receive. But not in doubtful disputations, not to argue and fuss and fight about it. For one believes he can eat all things. Another who's weak just eats herbs, vegetables. Let not him that eats despise him that eats not. And let not him that eats, let him that eat which eats not judge him. Let him which eats not judge him that eats. For God has received him. Now, don't limit this to this. One person believes they can have this and do this. Another one don't. Another one don't see it. Right? One believes they can have a 20-room house. Another one don't, don't see that. One believes they can have a $100,000 car. The other one don't see that. What did he say? What did he say? Don't, don't judge. Verse 4. Now, here, this is strong. This is strong. Who are you? That judges another man's servant. Are they your servant? No. No. Whose servant are they? The Lord's. Why would you be acting like they're your servant? And like you could judge them. He said to his own master he stands or falls. Yea he shall be holding up. For God is able to make him stand. Don't judge another man's servant. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. What I want to do is pray for these folks. Because I don't want them to miss out. And if you judge, you'll be judged. And if you judge another man or woman's blessing, you just judged yourself unworthy of it. And you'll never have it. And you never have anything that nice. You judge and say it's too extreme. It's too extravagant. It's too expensive. It's too big. It's too much for them. That means you'll never have anything like that. You'll never have anything that nice. And you go through your life trying to convince yourself it's God's will. It'll just be you being confused and broke and at the bottom. Everybody stand, please. I want us to pray for these folks. These are for folks that are here in the room. These are for folks that are watching my internet. These are for folks that will be watching broadcast tomorrow and next week and next month and as the months go by. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Father God, God, we believe believe you are a good God, God, the best, best, and you desire, and your will is is, for all of us us, to eat the good of the land, to to have the very best best of the best. best. We We believe you're a God of abundance, a God of too much. A God of excess, more than enough. We pray for any man, 
any woman that has spoken against us, judged us, mocked us. For in judging and mocking, if we're speaking your words and believing you and following you, if that be so, they'd be mocking you, making fun of you, judging your words. We pray for mercy. We don't want them judged. We don't want them staying broke and suffering, living in lack, hurting, staying small and diminishing. We don't want to see them lose what they have. We don't want to see them growing older, being bitter, miserable, blaming other people for their own failures. We pray and ask for mercy. We come against confusion. We bind up darkness that it leave their minds and leave their beings. We pray for enlightenment of the heart, the eyes, the understanding. If they wouldn't hear us, bring another laborer. Somebody they would listen to. Somebody they would hear. And open their eyes. Open their ears. We ask for mercy. We ask for grace. For them. In Jesus' name. We ask that you would grant them repentance. To the acknowledging of the truth. That they may recover themselves. Out of the trap of the devil. In Jesus' name. We thank you for your mercy. We love them. We don't judge them. We're not mad at them. We're not bitter against them. We love them. We surround them. With faith. And love, we believe for repentance and grace and mercy to your glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, just praise him a little bit. Oh, honkontele anbadet neng jo de foit non da bana aska. Ambregat de ong logo de vonilin blends, nan de ot nongs, nawate palang de ngling de ong doch, na ang dong la ong te kolovong mong dilegle bashate. Half of the blaze, dovon ngovel and blanche, gone de voneba jedevati. Vrebos, vrebos, vlabode ofla. Amble ondongs gonde lo onte cliente blemende gondo ongia. Amble anduvil amble mondo ongo do ondawa angdaka mangdane. Bande ondo ombre de omele glenvonde glamande grene ichi. E vlaba de otos tolog dole vlagobe de lemble andangele mong de van noin dong dang biangeg do mang dong dong do mang do yang te meng de ing de ek chiag da bachi. 
hashto giudeo dodeo giudebagio della fate vemble andavo non gon grande glevrande vain le brevo do bande eci sotto e do dai giudeo teci alleluia judging another man's church is the way to lose yours Judging another woman's prosperity is the way for you to go broke. Judging another's blessing and victory and increase is the way to be defeated and the way to wind up with nothing. If somebody's doing better than you, if you got any biblical brains at all, If you know anything about God, somebody doing better than you, somebody's bigger than you, their crowd's bigger than yours, their building's bigger than yours, their car and house bigger than yours, their offerings, their money's bigger than yours, what do you do? Say, glory to God. Man, I'm glad for him. And you're not just saying it. You really mean it. You really mean it. Glad for them. Glory to God. Hope they get twice as big. Right? Hope it becomes better and bigger. Glory to God. Glory to God. Discern what we just read in the first verse of what's going on here. Uh. Phyllis and I were at an airport a while back, and another minister's plane came in uh, and pulled in beside one that was owned by a big department store. If I called the name of it, you'd know it. It's nationwide. It's big. And their little plane is a nice plane. It's 20 years old, talking about the minister's, and it was dwarfed. By the plane that the department store had. And knowing a little bit about the value of planes as I do. I know that this plane cost probably five, six, seven times more than the one the preacher was riding in. I mean just dwarfed it. Made it look like a little baby. And I heard some people over, overheard them talking about it. And they were just cutting down the preacher. What does he need that for? Well, now let's stop right here. What does need have to do with it? See, most people don't believe that, though. It's what we can have based on our needs. Did the Lord tell us according to your needs? That's a little bit no. Of course, if they'd have just bothered to look at the man's itinerary. He goes way more than I do. And there ain't no way he can do what he's doing without that too. But that's neither here nor there. I can assure you, not a one of those people talking put a dime in that preacher's airplane. So why do they care? Why does it make them mad? Why does it irritate them? 
Why, does it, why would it make you mad somebody got a big house? Or a car? Why, why would it bother you? Hmm? Something else is going on here. And, uh, you know, well, like, like our aircraft. I could see it, understand it a little bit, if I stood up here and received an offer, offering to build an orphanage in South America and then took the money and bought an airplane with it. I could understand people thinking that's bad, right? And being aggravated about it and upset. I could understand that. But anybody that sold on the airplane knew it was going to the airplane. Didn't it? There ain't no deception going on. Then why would... See, people not only upset with the, the minister, they're upset with all the people then. That sold all the money. Well, they think they know better than all these thousands and thousands of people that have sown their seed. What would it be to them? What is it to them? And yet there are people so mad. There are people so mad they want to kill people. Bitter. Can't sleep. Toss and turn. Got ulcers. Sick. Just breathing out threatenings. It's devilish. I said it's devilish. It's ungodly. Why would they? It's real, real simple. You don't believe in it? Don't sow into it. You don't believe in that church? Don't go there. It's easy. Don't don't go there. Don't help them. Don't give them a dime. But why are you going to judge everybody that does? We've prayed. God's heard our prayer. Right? Are you believing for mercy? And great, we're believing that people are going to see some things. And their eyes are going to be open. Now, one part of this is exciting. Why would the Lord deal with me to do this? If, in fact, he did. I mean, of course, you could believe I missed it, whatever. But I, uh, if he did. The Bible said. Oh, the Bible said. Whoever that sowed and laid down things for the gospel's sake and the Lord's sake, they would receive now in this time. Thirty, sixty, hundredfold, houses, lands, family, friends, stuff, with persecutions. Does that mean you and I are coming in to a level that we had not come in before? Maybe before now, nobody have any reason to talk about you. (laughs) Would you like to be blessed to the point that you'd be in the category of these scriptures? 
Oh, let's praise God real good one more time. Lord, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your goodness. Pour out your abundance and get glory to yourself. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You got something? Well, come on. Come on. This is for the people that might be ready to change after we've prayed. God is so good. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when you pray, things happen. And I believe that God gives answers and that people were listening over the Internet and in here. Oftentimes, the reason that people are the way that they are is because they don't know any better. They grew up with a mentality of, I don't have it. I can't get it. I have no faith to get it. I know no way to get it. And so they're going to judge anyone that does have it. So they don't know it. Let me read you a scripture. Proverbs 11:24 There is that scatters and yet increases and there is that withholds more than is necessary and it tends to poverty and that's where most of these people are they deceive everyone around them their family, their friends, their neighbors, they're always pulling on everyone for everything and unwilling to do anything for themselves. Well, tonight is a night for change. Tonight is a night that you can change your mentality. All it is is a split-second change and say, I can get in the faith that those people have, and I can come out the way that those people have come out. How many of you in here started with nothing or underneath the barrel? Look at cameras pan around so that the people on the Internet and stuff can see. Started underneath the barrel. You had nothing, and it took faith. To step out and start giving your tithes when you had no way of seeing where that tithe was going to come from to pay your light bill. And you had no way to see when you bought uh, somebody and, and took them and bought their lunch when you couldn't pay for your own lunch. Your natural tendency is to hide that money in your billfold and say, I don't have it. You need to buy my lunch. It will tend to poverty. And it will tend to being broke the rest of your life. So long as you're looking to other people to meet your needs. But when you break free of that and you look to God, who is the supplier of all of our needs, and you look to faith and you start giving when you don't seem like you have anything to give. He will bring you up and he will bring you out. He, 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 not you, will bring you up 
and he will bring you out. He that scatters, scatters, he that gives is what it's talking about. He that gives to other people, it looks like you're losing what little you have. Proverbs 11:24. It looks like you're losing what little bit you have. But what happens to you? You increase. But there's that withholds and keeps everything he has because I don't have enough as it is. I got to hold on to what I got. It will tend to poverty. And then what will that poverty do? It will make you jealous of everybody and everything around you. Because you think you can never come up and you can never come out. And that is a lie of the devil. And he's kept you there, people all over the world. He's kept you there all your lives. Well, tonight is your break free night. Tonight is the night that this verse will set you free. Find something tonight. I don't care if it's a can of beans and take them to somebody. Find something. You have something in your house that you can give. And make it a point every day that you find something. If it's a pencil, if it's an eraser, if it's a a nickel, if it's a paper clip, that you find something to give to someone. And it will bring you, you scatter it, and you will increase. The best thing that you have. Find it. Give it. Start giving. And you will come out of that place that you are. Because God's laws work. That's what got us where we are. That's what got every person sitting in these chairs where they are. They didn't see it with their natural eyes. But they begin to trust it in their heart. And say, God's going to do this for me. And it got people in here houses and lands and cars and, and buildings and everything else that they needed to have the things that they needed. That is the answer to that prayer that we just prayed. You don't have to be jealous of what anyone else has. You can have it for your very self and better than what anybody else has if you'll just trust God on your very own. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. I think we ought to stand up and praise God again. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Oh, glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy, holy. Praise you, Lord, for your greatness, your goodness, your love, your mercy. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, we worship you. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I think we should continue with this just a little bit further and have, I know we hadn't done the offering yet. This was supposed to be the offering, but that will, will end the service that way. Uh, can you guys get where you can sit down for a little bit or, and you can come back real quick. Be on 
stand by. Be seated, please, and go to John, the sixth chapter. Let's just finish this. I didn't know this was the way the Lord would do this tonight, but uh, I believe this is right. You can tell, can't you, when something is, the Lord is saying something and moving in a certain way, then you don't want to try to change it if that's, if that's the way it's going. We're not mad. We're not upset at anybody that has said something negative about us. I'm happy. I'm blessed. How many of you, you're blessed, you're enjoying the blessings of the Lord? I mean, people have said a lot of stuff about me for a long time. It's one part of growing up. You get to where it doesn't bother you much. It really doesn't. I know fellows chased me out of the uh, building where I was speaking one time. I hollered. I don't like you. I don't believe a word. I don't like you. And he just hollered. I stopped. I said, you just don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me. I think that made him madder than than ever. (laughs) But you don't have to get upset because somebody is confused. Do you? Tell you what will help you a lot, somebody saying something bad about you. Consider the source. Do they even have a clue what they're talking about? Then why would you get all hurt and bent out of shape and they don't even know what they're talking about? But God loves his people, right? He loves all of his sons and all of his daughters, the ones that are bitter and confused and mad and judging everybody. He loves them. He, they are his kids. And he loves them. And it hurts him. And I use that word advisedly. It hurts them. For them to go week after week. And month after month. And decade after decade. Barely surviving. And sometimes not making it. When he. Is the creator. Of the heavens and the earth. And the cattle on a thousand hills. And. All the hills under all the cows. And everything that's under the hill. He is able to get into the hands of his children. Is it hard for God to meet his children's needs? No, no, no. John 6 is the story of a miracle. Somebody go help me with this tonight now or not. I don't plan on going a whole lot longer, but if I do, what does that matter? But believe with me. Help me on this. I said, John 6 is the story of a miracle. Does the Lord still do miracles today? Ooh, I feel it too. It's the story. It's not the story of somebody getting healed. It's not a story about somebody getting saved. It's not a story about somebody getting back to God or getting filled with the Spirit. 
It's a story about God meeting people's needs materially with physical substance. (laughs) Nobody can deny it. He did it. There it is. And he's the same yesterday and today and forever. And if he ever multiplied a seed and met a need, then he'll still do it today and he'll still do it for you. Yes, he will. Fella could preach in here tonight. John 6, verse 5, Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he saw a great company come to him. He said to Philip, Philip, where can we buy, everybody say buy, buy Buy bread that these may eat, these who may eat? Have you read the story? How many people is he talking about? Multiples of thousands. Possibly 10, 15,000 people out there. I know that sounds big, but do the math. 5,000 men. Not counting children. Not counting ladies. Not counting older folks. Did you hear me? They, they measured crowds by fighting age men. It's true. So, probably easily 10,000 people out there. And he says, Philip, this is the Jesus talking, the Lord talking now. He said, Philip, where can we buy enough food to feed all these people? How many know you don't talk about buying when you don't have any money? They bound to have money and they bound to have more than two or three dollars because you don't talk about feeding this kind of crowd. Huh? And all you got is three dollars. Ain't no need in bringing it up. Made no difference if you could walk around the corner and get it. If you ain't got the money to buy it. They had enough money, they had to have treasure. They had enough money, the treasure is embezzling. And they just keep going on. How many know when you got three dollars, somebody takes one? <laughs> you know it. They know, right? You gotta have enough money that it's not missed. <laughs> Why didn't Jesus believe in being broke? Hmm? Why didn't he take a vow of poverty? Why didn't he practice it? Why did he wear clothes? That were so nice that the soldiers wouldn't take, wouldn't tear them. They gambled over them. They were not rags. Are you listening? Why would he let a woman dump $10,000 worth of perfume on his feet and say, you leave her alone? She's done something nice for me. So a lot of people don't know God. They don't know the Lord. They got these religious ideas in their head. Philip said 200 penny worth of bread. It'd be like $10,000, eight months wages. So depending on how much you make a month, 200 penny worth, this is thousands of dollars. A bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. 
One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Now, if you read the other accounts of this, Jesus told him, Go and see what you have. What do you have? He asked them. And if you put all the accounts together, there's two examples of this. The feeding of the 4,000, feeding of the 5,000. They're in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You put them all together and you see a lot. But one thing is, he said, what do you have? Well, what do you mean? He comes up, this little boy's got this little fish and this little bread. Remember the widow? That they'll come take her sons away. She's in a terrible way. And what does the man of God tell her? She comes to him for help. Does he just start writing a check? No. What did he tell her? Actually asked her a question. What do you have in the house? You see, people, even today, they don't want you asking them questions when they come to you for help. Just write me a check. Just give me money. If you're in trouble, there's a reason why you're in trouble. If you don't get it fixed, all the money in the world is only gonna is only a band-aid. And I don't care how much you got coming in, you can always spend more. You can always have more bills than you got coming in. He said, What do you have in the house? Oh friend, the beginning of these miracles is when you put your hand on your seed. She said, I don't have anything except this little pot of oil. He said, that's good. That's good. That's good. See, people who don't eat much. And he says, well, this little boy's got this little, little, no, this little boy. This is not even a teenager. This is a little boy. His mama packed him a lunch. Hmm? He's got it in his uh, uh, Flintstone lunchbox. (laughs) Or whatever it is. This, this ain't no big thing. This is for him for a lunch or a snack. That's why when they, when they found it, that's all they could find among all these thousands of people right now. They said, what, what is that? And what did Jesus say? Have them all sit down. What? Have them all sit down? What does that mean? Have everybody sit down and uh, get ready to eat. What? Eat what? Oh, glory to God, friend. When you are a man or woman of faith, when you find your seed, you go ahead and start shouting. You go ahead and start getting ready to pay everything off. And you don't see anything yet. Why? Because I found my seed. This is it. You sow the seed and then it starts coming in. Next thing you know, it'll be done. Faith doesn't wait to see it done to get excited. Faith gets excited when you realize, I got a seed. I got a seed. And this is where my miracle starts. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. What are you talking about, Brother Keith? Why, why are you still preaching? Why are you still going on? Because there are people... Here and abroad with us tonight that they've been bitter, they've been yeah, yeah, they've been fault finding, but they're changing tonight. They're changing tonight by the power of God. They're changing. And now they're going, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've been dumb. I've been an idiot. So 
forgive me, forgive me. What do I do now? Seed, seed, seed. Seed. We don't have anything. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's already in your house. It's already in your hand. It's already in your pocket. It's already, maybe you're wearing it. I don't know. You, you already got it. It's a seed. I said, it's a seed. And it is your key to getting all the needs in your whole life. How could a couple of sardines and a piece of pita bread be the key to feeding 10,000 people today? He said, have everybody sit down. Relax. Y'all get ready to eat. Bring that to me. Oh, glory to God. Verse 10, are you with me? Are you with me? Jesus said what? Make them sit down. Why are you sitting down? Get ready to get your needs met. Get ready to get your needs met. I see this. I see this. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. What God's getting us ready to do is to have an offering. This is different tonight, I know it. Some folks are to sow in this offering. Other folks, God's going to, a lot of not even here, God's going to deal with you to sow somewhere else. But you're supposed to sow. And you're supposed to be able to release your faith on it tonight. Are you with me now? But it's an act of faith that if you don't do, you're going to stay where you are. It's an act of faith. Glory be to God. He said, how many know this little boy had to sow this? Huh? Could he have started crying? That's my lunch. Could he? Give me my lunch back. Mama! This man's taking my lunch. Huh? Could he? How, how did the disciple even know he had it? He could have sat on it. He could have hid it. He could have put it in his robe. He could have, oh man, they're looking for food around here. Huh? What if he had eaten the seed? Eaten the seed. How long would it have taken him to eat his couple little pieces of dried fish and his little half of pita bread? What about this story? What? What about these ten thousand people? I mean, we're talking about it tonight in two thousand six in Branson. I believe he sowed it. I said, I believe he sowed it. Anybody got any food? Anybody got any food? 10,000 people. Anybody got any food? No, no, I didn't bring nothing. No, no. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You got to walk up and down. You got to move around. Finally go, mister. Mister. Who is that? Can't even see him. Mister. Mister. What? Mister, 
What? I have some. <laughs> what do you got? Oh, wow. <laughs> but these guys have been around Jesus long enough to know when he says, go see what you've got. Oh, thank God they weren't like some employees. Who know better. Well, I know they said, look, what have you got? But I ain't only bringing that to Jesus. I ain't only, just sit down, let me eat your lunch. I, I know what Jesus meant. I know what he's looking for. No. They said, okay, uh, do you want to sow it? Sure. Here, mister. And he went back. And he said, Lord, this little boy, he's got these little couple of fish. He's got this little bread. Because, what is that? Among this crowd, Jesus said, that's great. Go, everybody, sit down and get ready to eat. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Lord tells you, put your hand on that five. Sow that parachute. Sow this, do this. Can you see and think like the master and put your hand on it and go, God, this. I can go ahead and get ready to sit down and eat. I I can get ready to, to come out of debt. I can get ready to come out of poverty. I can get ready. I can get ready. This is my way out. My seed. My seed. Hallelujah. Jesus. Verse 10. Make the men sit down. There was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. And the disciples to them that were set down. Everybody say distributed. 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 Distribution. Everybody sit down. Groups of 50s. Why? You need some kind of order. You're going to have to have some kind of system to, to deal with a crowd this size. And, and boys, come here. This is, these are the 12. He held it up. If you look at the other accounts, he prayed over it. And then he's got the 12 standing in front of him. Matthew, come here. Here. Now go distribute that. Andrew. Now go distribute that. They could have easily popped it in their mouth and swallowed it. But if you eat your seed, you stop the miracle. James, John, come here, come here. Here. Here you go. So what do they got? Now the little boy's lunch... It's been divided. 12, 13, 
ways. But I believe the miracle's already begun. Yes, sir. How can you separate, how can you divide something that small to 13 men? So Matthew comes to the first group of 50. 50. 50. And this is one of many groups of 50s. How many groups of 50s do we have among 10,000 people? Mathematicians, I didn't hear a number. (laughs) So he says, here, Mo, take some of this. Now what happens? Hmm? Mo eats. Huh? What if Mo just pops it in his mouth? What about Sharon? Huh? What does he have to do? Somebody say distribution. He breaks it off and he gives some to her. Now, as soon as he has done this, he can eat. And he can eat and eat and eat and eat and eat till he can't eat anymore. Now, what does Sharon do? She's got to break off. And then what happens? Hmm? Got to break off. And then what? Turn and give her some. Give her some. All right, give her some. Okay, and then what's got to happen? Huh? Come on, give him some. All right, and then what? Yeah. Now, what if Dave just sits here and eats? There's 50 people sitting right here. There's 50. What if he just says, man, you know, I got a big appetite. I'm hungry. I'm still hungry. When you eat your seed, it'll never satisfy. When you eat your seed, it'll never meet the need. You'll consume it and it'll be gone and you'll still be hungry and you'll still be in need. What's he got to do? What's Dave got to do? Come on, Dave, Mike and Sherry's back there hungry and they ain't got nothing. Huh? Then what? Huh? Then what? And Andrew's over here doing this with this 50. And John's over here doing this with this 50. Right? And Bartholomew and Thomas and they're doing it. And then they go to another 50. And then they go to another 50. And keep on. Come on. Right on down the line. Come on. Here. Here. Here you go, Rick. Come on. Come on. Here you go. All right. Here. Pass it down. Come on. Humor me. Humor me. Huh? Come on. Come on. And when it gets to you, what are you going to do? Come on. Come on, Dave. Give some to the guys on that side. Here we go. Here we go. What do we do? What do we do? Huh? When it gets to the end of the road, what you going to do? Hmm? Why is this recorded? Many things Jesus said and did were not recorded. Why is this recorded? It is a permanent principle. 
in the kingdom of God. It's the way to get the hugest needs met in the earth. Oh, come on, come on, come on. If they can see 10, 15,000 people met in a day. Come on, read it. Read it. Now, if you hadn't passed yours back, keep passing. Keep passing. It's symbolic. It's spiritual. Keep doing it. Nobody just eats. Nobody just eats and lets it stop with them. Hmm? How do you get miracles like this? Everybody receives and everybody sows. How can you get miracles on this magnitude? You say, well, now, Brother Keith, that was just a, you know, uh, an unusual thing that happened in the ministry of Jesus. No, it's not. No, it's not. Days after his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, it is written in the book of Acts that they were so generous that there was not one person in the church that had any need. Because everybody was liquidating and sowing and receiving everybody, everybody, to the point that there was not one person. It's written in the Bible. Have you read it? Acts 2 and Acts 4, it talks about it. Not one among them that lacked. And again, we're talking about thousands and thousands of people already. Has he lost his power? Has he changed the way he does things? No. What is holding miracles back? Selfishness. People eat their seed. They won't sow. They don't have faith. They huddle in. They grab. They're doing this. It's like what Phyllis said. Oh, no, I don't have anything. Oh, I got a little something. But no, I mean, y'all... Y'all got money, y'all take care of it. Y'all need to help me. That's like a little animal, isn't it? You want to be a little rat? Or you want to be a man of God? Woman of God, you want to be somebody like Jesus. You want to operate like Him. A little stingy. Scared, fearful, liar. No, I don't have anything. No. Why? Yes. What? No, I just, you know, moving my mouth. That's how you stay hungry. It's how you stay broke. You stay down. But when you only got a little piece of bread, a little piece of fish, and you don't even start towards your mouth, first thing you do is you go, hey, brother, here, come on, reach over here, reach over here. Yeah, here you go. Here you go, because you got to eat too. And when you sow, 
Now the blessing is on what remains. Oh, glory to God. And if he ever multiplied something, he can still multiply it and read. Come on, read. Tell me what happened. What happened? What happened? Jesus took the loaves, and when he gave thanks, he distributed to the disciples. And the disciples, in other words, they distributed to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would, means as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, oh, glory to God. Oh, help me with this now, Lord. There's some folks still don't believe that. They think they don't believe me. No, you don't believe this. I didn't write this. Well, that was long ago, Brother Keith, and that was Jesus. And he just did that as a sign to prove it. That's your goofy idea. It's the Bible. It's written for all men, for all time. It is the everlasting, unchanging Word of God. It's God's way of thinking. It's His way of operation. It's His will for all mankind. Perpetually. It's His way. It's His way. When they were all filled. Who were all filled? All these companies. Have you ever seen a crowd of 10, 15, 20,000 people? That's a, that's a lot of people. And all of them, company after company. I mean, you've got you to raise up your hand and look to see the back. And you've got people way back there in the back going, whoo, man, how many feasts do you eat at? I don't know. I lost count. Yeah, was some good fish, though, man. Yeah, that bread was tasty. Glory to God. Don't you think... That it's dawning on everybody around here. Everybody's realizing something amazing has happened here. They took up the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above them that had eaten. They'd got 12 baskets full after thousands and thousands of people have eaten their full fill. They're sitting there holding their stomachs. And they're filling up baskets. Where did it start? Mister. Mister. You can have mine. Glory to God. I want you to search your heart right now. I know a lot of you guys, you are sowers. You've been sowing and sowing and you, you're just going to step up and we are but there are some people you've not been sowers you you hadn't been a giver you've been a taker and I don't want you to be moved by anything except the Lord tonight we're not asking you to do anything to this church to us there's an opportunity the important thing is that you sow if it's somebody the Lord shows you to sow to it's another ministry it's another church what he, whatever he tells you to, but you want to get willing to sow. And it's not just a one-night deal. This is the beginning of a new way of life. Oh, come on. Are you with me now? 
And now when something comes into your life, you don't just look at it and go, well, this ain't enough. You look at it and go, glory to God. Y'all sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Y'all sit down and get ready, man. Glory to God. And you sow. You sow before you eat. Somebody said out loud, sow before you eat. Say it again, sow before you eat. Say it again, sow before you eat. Hallelujah. Ushers, take the eye. Wait on the people. I know this is different tonight. I'm not going to give you the reports or anything. We're just going to sow. Now, you you don't have to sow in this offering tonight. You just need to sow. A lot of you came ready to give. We're going to sow, and it's going to be an opportunity. You can sow by watching the on, online. This is not just about tonight. This is not a one-time deal. This is us changing the way we live. Glory to God. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. As a church, we're going to step up our sowing. How about that? We've been sowing. But we can increase. That's how, how's this church going to increase? Hmm? Let's increase. We can begin tonight. And the church sows. You sow. You're the church. Thanks be unto God. Musicians, singers, come, play something if you would, brothers, just play softly. We're going to worship the Lord in our faith tonight. And everybody that's watching by internet, everybody joined with us, I want you to worship. God told you to perish. He told you to sow them to somebody. I want you to can put your hand on it. If you can't, there, go, go get it out the closet right now. Go get it out the drawer right now. Pull out your purse. Pull out your pocketbook. Get it out right now. I didn't say you had to send it here. You heard me several times. But you need to sow. Everybody needs to sow. Where do I sow? Well, what's the Lord saying to you? Well, you tell me. No, no. Get it from the Lord for yourself. What's he telling you? If, if at all possible, get your hand. If you say, well, it's in the bank. Well, get your checkbook out. Put your hand on your check. on that, the, uh, the, Whatever represents that account. Get, get ready. Oh, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. 